We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you on Sunday night, December 12th at about 8.30. The Mavericks just defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder 103-84. to How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing pretty good. I could get used to these uh, 8.30 local time endings for these Mavs games. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, the sweet spot for me is about the 7 p.m. start time. Like, I like, you know, like the, the 6.30 games are okay. The 6 o'clock games, my life is just too chaotic. Can't, can't do it. <laughs> cannot do it um that's okay though because the mavericks won and they played a thunder team that is not very good and every now and again it is very important to just get a freaking win and walk away the mavericks won by 19 points which they uh i was i meant to pull this up when i was um screwing around in the in the pre-show but like just looking at the looking at they've beaten they beat houston by 10 they beat, just scrolling through, they beat New Orleans by 16. They beat San Antonio by 14. It's good. And then they beat the Pelicans by a whole bunch again. Um, this is their first double-digit win other than that Pelicans game going back to early, almost a month. They've had two. And so it's just, you know, for a team that has aspirations of growth, of becoming a little bit better, like you need – you need to win de- de- declaratively every now and again, and they finally pulled away in the fourth and just flat out out talented, kind of a hapless Thunder team. Yeah, um, we'll get to maybe some things that we weren't too happy with later, but because I think this is just a game that you just take it, you just take it and run, and and you just you're thankful that it's right. Win, if they were to won by five, I would have been pissed, but they won by <laughs> nineteen, and it's yeah. Like, I mean, good. Th- there was never a moment in the second half where the game uh, was in doubt. Which is, you know, which is thankful, you know, without Luka mm-hmm. Doncic. I mean, this team hasn't won a lot of games without Luka, regardless of who they played in the last two years. I think, obviously, the standout was that Josh Green and Moses Brown, you know, Moses Brown played 20 minutes. Josh Green played 18. 
they combined uh, for what do they combine for combine for 23 points, which is a lot for two those two guys and 11 boards. Yeah. Uh, and they both eight look off. No, I'm sorry. I read almost that eight offensive boards, but that's eight yeah. defensive rebounds. It's good. Yeah. So, I mean, they're kind of the reason this was a blowout. If, if it weren't, if they, if those two guys didn't play as well as they played, this might've been one of those frustrating uh, close games. And I think there's going to, I'm very curious to see the reaction. Cause I, I'm a little worried that people might go too overboard with the performances from these games. I'm not trying to be like a downer, but like, this is perfect for, for them. Like, I mean, this is what we've been wanting because I mean, there were moments last year where Josh green, just, he wasn't even playing against teams this bad. So like Moses Brown getting, getting a start against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like that's stupid. And like, just put these guys in situations where they're not overwhelmed uh, on the, on a talent by a talent perspective or a scheme perspective, you know, putting them in a, in a game like this, where the Mavericks don't have Luka and the Thunder, which might have like one of the the barest rosters in the league, despite the fact that I don't think they have the worst record in the league, uh, because they play hard and and I think they they play the right way. They just don't have good good right. players. They have some interesting like Shea Gillis Alexander right. is is if the Mavericks could find you know they can't. So let me just get that out of the way. He's like the ideal off guard for Luca, like mm-hmm. absolutely ideal. Does everything that I could possibly want in a guard because he's long. He attacks the rim. He drives more than Luca. Like his per game averages on drives last year, he 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 beat Luca out by three drives per game. Like the gap between him and like the it was incredible. He's just, I really love Shea Gillis Alexander. Yeah. Dort Dort is like the ultimate Rick Carlisle player. Just. And Josh Giddy, who's their rookie, is a really um, somebody described him as as NBA Timothy Chalamet, and I'm never not going to see that now. Um, <laughs> but after okay. that, it, it just the yeah. drop off. Yeah, it's tough. There's I'm sorry, some other, there's some Pope okay too. guys, but it's just yeah. like we're talking like it's like a team of ten men, realistically, <laughs> except for Shea. Yeah, after Shea. Um, so yeah, so like you know josh green and moses brown are like moses brown is not going to get is not getting overwhelmed by jeremiah robinson earl uh you know maybe you know Derek favors is on this team which is really weird i'm guessing he won't be after the trade deadline but like i would like one Derek favors please yeah he he would probably be useful definitely useful on this mavericks team but like you know like but, but like i feel like i'm the 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 narrative i'm gonna see is like if these two guys don't play against the lakers later this week i feel like people are going to get really mad and be like well, what he did and like it's okay like it's okay for them to be these types of guys because you need types of guys that you can pull off your bench and can play in a game like this against a bad team when you're not in a good state of mind as a team and can just go out there and use their energy and their athleticism to get you production because you know, energy uh, and athleticism doesn't get you production against every team in the NBA, but it can against a team like the Thunder. So, you know, just just get throw them out there, let them play a lot against these teams, and and, I, and don't feel too bad if they don't play against the better teams that they're playing against. You know, later this month, and maybe they do because you know maybe the coaching staff wants to reward them for how they're playing right now. But I I just want to like people to just kind of like enjoy the moment and don't fret. Mm-hmm about these two if they don't get off the bench as much as you want later this week because at least they did this right like they showed you they showed you something an extended run 
in non-garbage time minutes, which is can I make a case though? I'm not sure yeah. if I, I believe this, but okay. but allow me to make a case. You know, friend of the show, even though he hasn't answered me in like a week and a half, maybe Bobby Corella is sick of my shit. Um, uh, once said about two weeks ago that like energy is a skill, and I that's something we've long talked about, and I agree. And I think that Moses, and then to a different degree, Josh Green. The energy that they play with is different than the rest of the Mavericks. Um, I think playing with Luca comes with a certain kind of pace and feel where everybody kind of goes in that. Like, that's why Luca needs to play faster is one of the things I've been thinking about. But uh, I like the fact that they play hard. And, you know, we're going to not you can't say that about the rest of the Mavs outside of like Dorian. Like the, the rest of them, it's just like, there's kind of, you know, they get stuck in these funks and, and watching Brown play is just categorically different than watching Porzingis play for obvious reasons, but it's just there, there's kind of this pants on fire thing that can re- can really hurt younger players. But I also think in certain situations can really help. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not trying to think how to phrase this because it's like i don't know if i entirely buy this for the season going forward but like i will say like i am i'm tired of seeing the same other guys play like ass and (laughs) yeah if if these guys you know they're certainly not playing worse than than some of the starters i'll tell you that much in the rotation guys yeah and i mean you know maybe this earns them some minutes off the bench but the thing that stinks is like you know like when kids start like I, i'm st- i know i'm I'm getting really I, I think i've said this in like four podcasts but i'm still salty about you know the way they started brown against the Cavs, where it was just like just felt like really petty and like you know setting up like that's not you as a coach above all else like your duty is to put your guys in the best positions to succeed and that they didn't do that so yeah. that really rubbed me the wrong way and this was like the opposite like you know giving these guys a lot of minutes and non-garbage time against a team that is not great and doesn't have the type of talent that can punish youthful mistakes uh, or at least you know basketball iq level to punish youthful mistakes so but i also see your point like you know it's not getting much worse you know it can't get much worse with what the mavericks are throwing out there you know especially with their their big man rotation but maybe that means moses comes off the bench give him like a, a two or three minute run and see what he does against a better team and That's if he looks been my good, deal. you keep him on. And then if he doesn't, you pull him, you know? Yeah. It's very quick. Like, same with, like, some of the Boban minutes that we've talked about. Where it's just, like, you need that injection every now and again because the teams know what's coming with Dorian and um, – well, I mean, Dorian as well. But with Dwight and with, with Maxi, there's – they each have kind of a specific, you know, Tetris piece in the Maverick puzzle. And – Teams can stay out for it and kind of anticipate it. Like Moses, just like the dude runs down the floor. He's all limbs. He runs at the rim and has his hands up and players like, and and he is significantly bigger than Dwight Powell. Like Dwight Powell is 6'11 with a 6'11 wingspan. It's one of the many reasons why he's not very good at defense. Moses is 7'2 with a 7'5 wingspan. That's a, <laughs> like, that, a big that, it's just a big person, and he and, and and I don't know. I there's little things here and there. Like I, I don't think he's really a long term NBA player, um, with the way the game is played now. But we're talking about stealing minutes. We're talking about edging out the rotation here and there, and and making things a little less predictable. And that's yeah. where I could buy it. I, I don't know if it'll happen, 
you know? Right, but and if it doesn't happen, you know, the, the I reaction... I probably won't mention it. Right, the reaction <laughs> shouldn't be like this, you know, like, good Lord, there's so many other things we can we can ping this coaching staff and, and you know, for, like, don't... That feels just like we could redirect that energy <laughs> elsewhere. Yes. Um, but, yeah, but I like... I mean, I, I really think those two guys are the reason why they won the game. Uh, was because... the defense good tonight? Friend of the program, Matt Moore, was like, hey, the defense was good tonight. I'm like, it was it or just did the Thunder suck? I mean, my initial reaction was they played about a similar level of defense as they did against the Pacers, and the Pacers just have better players. Um, Mm. But, I mean, I can't deny, you know, they had five blocks and five steals, which is nice. I don't think they really forced the issue against Indiana. I mean, they were definitely more aggressive. I mean, I guess you could say on the aggregate they played better defense, but what I can't get out of my head is like, did they play better defense because they know they could be more aggressive against a team that just doesn't have a lot of talent, out, offensive talent outside of Shea? Like, you know, like, I, it's just hard for me to judge that. Like, at least at least they played hard. I can tell you that much. Like, they, they played hard. You know, they made it might, maybe given up some looks I didn't like. But, you know, Shea only shot 6 of 15 from the floor. He was most – he was pretty ineffective the whole night. Uh, and that's, like, the job, right? Like, you're, yes. you look at this Thunder team and you're like, okay, defensively – Whatever else happens, do not let him, you know, score points. And they didn't. So, like, that, mark that as a win on the defensive end. But uh, to me, I just, I can't tell if this was a dramatically different effort compared to the Indiana game just because the talent disparity between the two teams, uh, despite the fact that Indiana is also under 500, uh, it just feels light years apart to me. Yeah. I, I mean, at least we didn't lose to Pokashevsky. That's yeah. I mean, it did. It, it, it did, you know. So, yeah, there's something. Um, somebody sent me a stat earlier, but the Mavericks, like, like it's it's such a flip from last year where they're beating the teams that they should beat and then losing to almost every single team that they should lose to. Like, <laughs> they have fewer wins against over 500 teams than all but three other teams in the league. And it's like the exact teams that you would think of, like the Pistons, maybe the Thunder. Like the, the Mavericks don't have a lot of good wins is is really the simple truth of it. And I don't know what to do with that data point other than, you know, I think they're still outpacing their Pythagorean win expectation because they're, they're 13 and 13. And they're just trying to kind of hold on and find something. And with Luca Hurt, I don't know what they're going to find um his his ankle injury is one to the point now to where it's it's just it's not going to go away like this is his season it, it, it he and he's such a competitor that he's going to want to gut through it and then we watch kind of the rest of the guys play tonight and i think this is a pretty good pivot point to talk about the things that were less pleasing about this game i the the rest of the maverick rotation has to figure out a way out of this this mud. They couldn't like you can't blame these kind of games on Luca because Luca didn't play. Yeah, I mean, I think what was really disappointing, you know, I understand, you know, Finney Smith, Bullock, those guys not playing well without Luca because those are guys that need their their you know shots set up by you know Luca's shot creation. But like Przingis and Brunson, um, I. Really disappointing efforts, I think. Uh, although Brunson salvaged his night with a really, 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 really good third quarter, but up until then, I think he was like one for seven or one for mm-hmm. eight uh, in the first half. 
And Kristaps was four of fifteen at one point, and then he he made his two shots, I think, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, which was nice to close it out. But like finishing the night six to seven, like Kristaps Porzingis finished the night six to 17, 13 points against a team that starts Jeremiah Robinson Earl at center. Like it, it has to be better. And if <laughs> I just don't know what else to say, like it has to be better. And and Brunson has to be a little bit better too if he wants to take the next step. You know, he was one of four from three. Tim Hardaway, like the three, the two highest paid players on the roster, Przingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., I mean, what, they combined to shoot, um, I don't even know what it is, but they only combined to make eight shots and they they combined to score less than 20 points together. So those two guys have to be better. And then Brunson, who, if he stays around, he's going to be your third highest paid player next season uh he was six of 14 you know and was really struggling until the until the third quarter and he only had three three assists and two turnovers like it the guys that are supposed to be better were not better and it was that was that's really disappointing because i you know luca's not coming back uh, against the hornets hornets are going through a lot right now but they're still a much better team than, than oklahoma city Really Man. athletic. The, the athleticism the, difference is going to be yeah. the, the the Hornets are one of those teams where it's just like you you think about just raw athleticism paired with talent, and this could be an ugly game tomorrow night. Yeah, and and the schedule gets significantly harder uh, after that. I mean, they play the Lakers, they play Minnesota twice, which I know Minnesota is kind of in a funk, but they definitely have a collection of players that could give this specific Mavericks group trouble with their, they've kind of got some, some uh, athleticism on the perimeter and obviously town, no one on the team can really guard towns. Right. Um, and then they play Milwaukee. I think they play Milwaukee a couple times. Uh, they play Utah on Christmas day. <laughs> like, uh, you know, this, this game, they like, I don't want to be too down, but I've, they won this game because the Thunder were bad, not because they dramatically changed. Well, I mean, they shot forty-two percent from the floor. Yeah, they were nine of thirty-three from three. Like they were not that much better than the Indiana game. Um, well, that's that's some fun stats that I have for like, you. So, in the month yeah. of December, the Mavericks are now fifty-nine of two eighteen from three, which is twenty-seven percent, which is exactly what they shot tonight. Uh, you had mentioned the the so so Porzingis was six of seventeen. I mean, he's. He's shooting on the year. I just I, I need to know this because it's it's it is rough. Where is this game log? Um, he's averaging nineteen point six points and seven point seven rebounds a game on a grand total of. I guess he's shooting forty. He's shooting forty six percent from the floor, which is, but he's shooting thirty percent from three, and he's a thirty six percent guy, thirty five. And so it's like that five percent is gonna it's making a difference. Is is yes. the thing? And then like like. You look at this friend of the show, former Mavs Moneyball contributor Andy Tobolowski, <laughs> pointed out that you know Dorian Finney-Smith, Bullock, Powell, and and Tim Hardaway shot eight of twenty-seven from the floor. It's just that they won it all is is kind of amazing if you just look at the Mavs box score. Yeah, and I mean, congratulations to Reggie Bullock, who everyone I feel like took a victory lap after he scored uh, fifteen points in that Memphis win. Uh, he has now scored six points in his last two games combined. He has missed. He has shot. What has he shot? One of six. Uh, yes, one of six from three in those two games. Six points total. So, uh, 
we're almost halfway through December and you know we've been talking about wait till December wait till December wait till December because his career splits are so outrageous in the way he turns it around after November with his shooting but uh we're getting in the danger zone here like if he is not stringing together some better shooting performances by the time the month's over uh it might be time to you know, announce well, the time curious, of death on his. System. I don't know this, and this might be something to look into. I'm curious where his shots are coming from. One of the things we were really excited about, like when we, when, when, when the Mavericks signed him, was that he was like a fifty, like he was like a forty eight percent shooter from one of the one of the corners. And I don't remember. I remember a ten bullock corner threes, and not many of them have gone in. Don't you know? Yeah, he took. That, but it's just, he took two corner threes tonight and missed both of them. <laughs> so i don't know what the season long numbers are uh, i think that's what you're looking up but yeah i don't i mean it's 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 worthy to look at but the thing was is he was he's still like a solid above the above the break three-point shooter which was like kind of something the mavericks needed because so many of their of their role-playing shooters are predicated on the corner like you, know, you think about mm-hmm. and you think about finney smith you know you want those guys presumably you'd rather them be shooting corner threes so having Bullock to shoot the above the break one seemed like a pretty good, you know, plan, but man, I mean, he, he has to show something soon uh, because, you know, like I said, we're running out of time to, to give him a chance to, to turn his season around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's disappointing. I mean, you look at the box score again, like three of the five starters combined for 18 points and that's just difficult to consistently win in the NBA, but uh, I think that's why we front loaded the podcast with the good stuff because they won. And, no, uh, no, but this stuff's not been like glaringly negative. It's just kind of like, huh? Like, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's kind of baffling at this point because it's like, I'm just, you know, kind of tired of talking about it to a degree to where you and I briefly forgot there was a Sunday afternoon game <laughs> because this team has become such a grind to watch. And I don't, I don't know how they get out of it. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, Kristaps is now up to five games he's played this season without making a three-pointer. Um, I don't know how, how that relates to last season or the season before, but that feels oh, his, like, a, like, his that feels numbers, like a lot. His talk, his talk has mentioned this a few times, and like we're not supposed to talk about this in polite company because he's playing better defense. Like The better defense is making the difference. So honestly, I don't really care. But he is having an, a, a much less efficient season than last year. Like it's, it's just not even it's at this point, I don't know if it's close. So he might be doing some things better, but he's trading those things off by being less efficient. And he's one of the many Mavericks who is less efficient. And it's just, you know, in this game of margins, as I've been trying to kind of, we've been trying to walk people through this the last several days where it's just like, we're not saying the Mavericks are awful. It's just that the NBA is good and there's not these huge chasms between most teams. And so when you give up certain things in certain areas or you change your shot profile and you're not as good at those shots, everything else becomes a problem. Like there's the Mavericks are are really, you know, there's so many things where you could point to it. And that's partially what makes this a little bit frustrating to talk about on a day-to-day basis, because it's really a different thing every night that, that when they're struggling, you know, and so it's just, you know, I don't know. I'm a Chiefs fan, and the Chiefs finally had it come together for them when they traded for this uh, linebacker from the Steelers, and they went from having like the worst defense to the third best defense over. <laughs> and it's like one piece and one change can somehow, with sports teams, can make things have a huge difference. 
And so I don't know. I, I'm feeling overall, I'm I'm feeling bullish um about tonight's win because it just, you know, you gotta get a little bit of the rust out and and but you know, tomorrow night we're probably just gonna be back at it. like win streaks are not a thing. They've not won more than two games in a row in over a month. And I don't see that happening again until January at least. It'd be nice if I was wrong. Yeah, I mean this the these last three games, the Memphis, Indiana, OKC, like this was their get right stretch after that Brooklyn loss. And they really needed to go three and and they went two and one instead. Cause I mean, I mean, we've talked about it a million times, but to close the year, Charlotte, Lakers, Timberwolves twice, Bucks, Chaz, Portland, Kings twice, and that's it. And uh, mm-hmm. the, the Portland and Kings games might be a reprieve to end the year, but all but though they're ending the season on a one they're ending this the year on a on a four game road trip so mm-hmm. and they haven't been terribly great on the road this year so it's it's tough like the schedule's going to be significantly harder than it was these past three games and they went two and one uh and, and so and you don't you don't feel too terribly confident after after this one you know because of the the talent discrepancy so they really they really have to turn around. Like they cannot play the way they played tonight. They cannot play against Charlotte or the Lakers or the Wolves, or they will lose. Um, so they something hopefully has to change. Maybe they can muck, muck games up, and maybe they can keep winning games like this. Who knows? But uh, the the schedule is turning around for for the next two weeks, and I feel like when we get to the end of the Friday, December thirty first game against the Kings. I think by then we will have our definitive answer on whether this Mavericks team can either turn things around or ha- have things turned around. But I think by then we will kind of know, okay, this is either not their season or there's still a chance for, for them to salvage something. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I'm going to do the green room. Um, okay. That'll go up tomorrow afternoon. Uh, well, probably around lunchtime, actually. We'll run these and, you know, you and I will be back tomorrow night and we'll have you know we'll have some stuff it's gonna be kind of a quieter week some Mavs play monday wednesday sunday i think yes is, is yes the, and, monday wednesday sunday which that is that is the wednesday game the laker game yes and the mavericks gonna have a real choice there because luca probably shouldn't play and i yeah and we might need to talk about that before uh, yeah he he they need to hold him out until he is a hundred percent right and I know that that's very difficult to do when you're 13 and 13 in the middle of December. Um, but you're getting bailed out by a historically bad Western Conference this year. I mean, this might be the worst year the West has had uh, since I've honestly been paying hardcore attention to NBA. Right. I mean, this is a it is insane that the Mavericks are within the top eight right now with their record. Because normally a normal West season, they would be 10th or, or yep. 11th uh, right now. So. They have some wiggle room potentially to let Luca totally rest up. And, you know, I think there's going to be some hard conversations to have if they cannot, you know, either they're going to bring him back and, and they're going to bring him back too fast and things will be bad or they'll hold him out. But maybe that dumps them down to four or five games under 500. And then you, the season starts looking really weird. So, but I, I think I err on the side of caution because, I mean, he really, he has not looked himself since that initial ankle sprain i think so uh i really hope that that they give him as much time as as possible here i agree 
All right, guys, Kirk Anderson and Josh Bow. thanks so much. Check out all of our content on Mavs Moneyball. Please like and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your coworkers. We appreciate all the support, and we're looking forward to grinding out a uh, very Mavericks December. We will talk to you guys soon. <laughs>